Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. The intercoastal cleanup Singapore has been canceled this year, postponed due to COVID-19. Uh, that announcement was just made uh, last month. On the line with us to talk more about that is N. Sivasotti, the coordinator for the International Coastal Cleanup Singapore, the National University of Singapore. Uh, Siva, good morning. Thanks for being on the show. Um, kind of a drag, huh, that you had to cancel the cleanup this year. Yeah, we've been doing it for months and waited as long as you could, but uh, we had to do it. We can't have large groups out creating another spike of infections. Now, Siva, one of the many reasons why we asked you to come on is because Glenn recently posted a photograph of the, I mean, I'm sure it's been cleaned up since, of East Coast Park and the debris that had washed in onto the shoreline. And I said, there's only one man we need to contact about this, and that's your good self. Now, obviously, COVID-19 played a part. A lot of the migrant workers who would usually do the cleanup of our parks and our beaches were in quarantine. But maybe just explain for our listeners, why is so much debris washing up at the moment? Well, actually, the amount of debris washing up is normal. It's just that this is the time of the year when the monsoon winds are blowing from the southwest. So that brings in a lot of trash from surrounding seas. And although the beach is cleaned up in the morning, in the early morning, by midday, there's a high tide, then you'll see this massive deposition. And every year at this time, somebody will complain or share on Facebook, or even we've done it, to show people that, yeah, do you know your beaches are clean because there's an army of workers working yeah, of uh, nine hours every day, waking up before dawn. So our public beaches are very clean. But mm. if you go to non-recreational spaces, you can get an idea of how much can accumulate and it's phenomenal. Well, just to follow up on that very briefly, just to clarify, you said within a few hours, it's cleaned up in the morning and then by lunchtime, the beaches can be filled again. Is that right? Yes. So our beaches are cleaned twice a day and sometimes three. These are public beaches. Amazing. So as an island, that, you know, we are sunny islands set in the sea, right? So we have the South China Sea in the northeast, and then we have the influence of the Indian Ocean in the northwest. South of us is the Java Sea. So there's a lot of trash in the South China Sea from many countries in the region. Uh, this has been documented by researchers. In 2015, a major paper was published showing that amongst all the areas of the ocean, the South China Sea has the highest amount of rubbish coming in. And that was validated by a 2017 paper that studied rivers pouring rubbish out to sea. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we think of it as marine trash, but a lot of it is originating from urban areas upriver, mm -hmm. so from cities. So it's our daily life products which end up in the sea. Who are the top offenders when it comes to locations, to cities or to rivers? Putting it in there? Has that been identified where, what the actual origin of individual pieces of trash is? Is it possible to, to figure that out? Yeah, so the 2015 paper by Jumbeck talks about plastic waste inputs from land into the ocean. And they are top five from South China Sea, right? Well, we are the top dirtiest ocean. And that was China, Indonesia, Philippines, Vietnam, and Thailand. So mm -hmm. all our neighbours. Now, people then say, oh, it's, so it's not a Singapore problem. But when we do the international coastal cleanup, uh, we get about 20,000 cigarette butts every year. And this is from a 90-minute cleanup. And most of it is in East Coast, mm -hmm. Changi and Tanah Merah. And that's indicative trash at our end. So... Yeah. 
Well, it's a world problem. It's also a local problem. Anecdotally, have you seen any change in the past five years? You know, there's been such a huge push toward trying to get rid of single-use plastics and straws and whatever else and and kind of a heightened awareness. Um, If that study that was done in 2015 was done again now or next year, do you think there would be much of a change? No, because we sample all of this every year, Mm. and we've done so since 1992. The trend is same whether it's locally or globally, and that is styrofoam pieces are always the top, and then the next most common item, cigarette butts, and then the third, plastic bottles, and then plastic bags. So Uh this is something that's been building up ever since plastic introduced convenience in our lives. So this is something that's happening for about half a century. It won't go away simply because we publish data. But uh, what has happened is there's been a whole pile of research papers that not only document the trash but indicate the harm to the environment. And of course, it got people's attention when we realized that the fish that we eat has plastic pieces. So with the research and with the civic awareness, international organizations have been discussing it. So it's been discussed at United Nations meetings and action is triggered ever since. So there are a lot of committees and government entities, they're having a lot of meetings. We have to repeat ourselves until we are blue in the face. But it's really great that people want to know and then implement action. We're talking with N.C. Vasothi, who organises the International Coastal Cleanup in Singapore, which unfortunately has been cancelled this year because of COVID-19. Siva, I wanted to just track back a bit to the local element because I'm fascinated by that because that's something we can do you know we can be an active change there you mentioned the cigarette butts it's something that drives me to distraction because there's almost this sense that if it's dropped in a drain or a gutter or a long kung it's not our problem anymore it just goes away and, and evaporates into the ether when of course it doesn't do that maybe for the benefit of our listeners what is some of the harm that is done when that supposedly one cigarette butt becomes hundreds of thousands. What does it do to our own ecosystems in Singapore? Well, cigarette butts uh, don't uh, degrade. They're actually uh, very well designed, so they're compacted by plasticizers. And so the filters are the ones that remain, right? So that's why we say cigarette butts. Mm. Uh, and these slowly will degrade into microplastic. They also release the harmful chemicals that are present in them. And these enter the food chain and then it starts to get amplified. So we might think a single butt doesn't make a difference, but, you know, we get thousands on the beaches and collectively around the world, they are injecting uh, toxins into uh, marine ecosystems. Yeah, you know, when I posted uh, my picture a couple of weeks ago, it was it was the day after a national holiday. I forget which holiday it was uh, now, but and of course the night before, every, lots of people had been out in East Coast Park, you know, having their barbecues and and meeting up. And and while the trash on the beach was terrible, the trash left behind by Singaporeans around the dustbins, around and, the dustbins yeah. and around the barbecue pits was, I mean, it was. You know, it was stunning in in its amount, and 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 uh, uh, and what what is it about our culture in Singapore where those of us who live here are still not doing the simple thing of putting something in a bin? And literally, just about everywhere you are, especially on in the parks, there's going to be a bin within twenty meters or thirty meters of you, probably closer than that. Why can't we get people to just do the right thing? And never mind about recycling, but just putting something in a bin. Why is that so tough? I guess people are just lazy. But in in defense of Singaporeans, I think if all Singaporeans were 
disposing of trash this way, we'd be covered in filth. So mm. I would think the majority actually are quite civic conscious. They've been mm. trained in school and through campaigns, they appreciate having a clean environment. But you just need a minority to be dirty. So for the minority, the thinking is quite confusing because they obviously enjoy being outdoors. Uh, they can appreciate it a lot more than many people who never come to the beach. Mm -hmm. But somehow it's too difficult to go to a bin. Now, MPARCs many years ago thought about it and what they did is at the barbecue pits, mm -hmm. they put these brown bins and they're really large right. and there's no cover. So it's just a big hole. So it's really easy for you to toss your stuff in mm. and uh, it doesn't stick out. It's not a garish color. So it kind of blends with the surrounding. And so that mitigated the problem quite a bit. But everywhere the, the public does uh, use a beach, recreational use a beach, there is a huge trash problem. So actually on public holidays and weekends, uh, do you know that the trash is cleared hourly? Really? I had no yeah, idea. So that. there's a <laughs> wow. phenomenal effort to ensure that our beaches are pleasant places to visit. We really are spoiled. Well, and, and maybe that's hour. part of the problem too, is that people are just used to having somebody pick up after them, Yeah, right? well, Gorchuk Tong said it famously, <laughs> we're a cleaned country rather yeah. than a clean country. Yeah. But on that point, Siva, because I know you, you got involved with this yourself when you was an undergraduate in the late 80s, very passionate about the mangroves. You're famous, and I take my hat off to you for your you know, diligent, dedicated mangrove cleanups year after year. Just to put it into an ecological context for our listeners, what damage is done to our mangroves, to our wildlife, when that litter gathers in those places? Oh, yeah, you've, you've touched a nerve because uh, as an undergraduate, I followed a team out to uh, map mangroves and measure trees and uh, we joked about the amount of trash that was there because it was so phenomenal. Mm. Uh, the mangroves couldn't grow. Wow. So it completely smothered everything. Now, that's at the ultimate level of the impact of trash. You know, we all know that animals can ingest it, they can get entangled, uh, toxins can enter the food chain. But when trash accumulates, it can just suffocate an uh, ecosystem. So um, that kind of affected me, and eventually I started mangrove cleanups and, and never stopped. Now, the, the amazing thing is, after a decade of cleanups in the crunchy mangroves, with MPARCs uh, adopting the area to integrate it into Sumabulo, eventually all we had to eliminate was annual recruitment and no longer an accumulated heritage. And when that happened, mangroves can grow again. And in fact, last year when we had an international meeting of mangrove scientists, uh, we actually brought them to this site, which so horrified me 20 years ago. And instead, it was a celebration of mangroves. So I'm, I'm very, very pleased about that. Makes me realize that individual action, uh, if you step forward, people will come and join you and we can eliminate quite an intense problem on our shores. And on that point, we've been talking about all morning this idea that Singaporeans, particularly younger Singaporeans, are moving away from traditional bread and butter issues into things like environmental issues, ecosystems. I mean, it's a positive thing, isn't it, Siva, that you're seeing this as well. Your numbers, the volunteers, seems to swell every year. Would that be fair? Yeah, so in, in, the, in the 90s, maybe 2,000 people have come out and they'd be mostly be from schools. Uh, but now it's about three and a half to 4,000 people. About half of them now are from corporate entities. So that's a result of the CSR initiatives. And then subsequently, we saw religious groups who were uh, organized 
and started looking at other issues, including the environment. So we had uh, Buddhists and Christians and Muslims and Hindus, or you know, contact us and say we want to go out and do something. The other exciting thing is in the far, in the past few years, there have been several other groups who have emerged: uh, Trash Hero, Seven Clean Seas, uh, Guardians of Mother Earth, Little Green Man. Uh, so these have combined forces to act for the environment. And the National Environment Agency has a entity called the Public Hygiene Council, and they decided, let's form a network. And the network is not just for coastal cleanups, it's for people who do urban cleanups as well. And there are 43 members. Wonderful. So I couldn't believe this. So uh, I've been sort of changing uh, what we do at the International Coastal Cleanup because uh, there are so many groups. So we work to work together with them, uh, help them out. And in fact, maybe there may come a time when we can disappear into the sunset because of all these amazing groups. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, we're talking with N. Sivasati, who is the coordinator for the International Coastal Cleanup here in Singapore. Then cancelled this year, uh, only one of four times that it's been cancelled in its 29-year history, sadly. Last year, I believe it was, the Ministry of the Environment here in Singapore and Water Resources unveiled the Singapore inaugural Zero Waste Master Plan. Now, uh, the broad plan was to reduce our solid waste disposal by 30% uh, by 2030. How do you think that's going to be go forward? Is it going to, are we going to hit that goal? And in the meantime, what other steps can we individually be taking to uh, help us get there? The Zero Waste Master Plan was incredible because, you know, we've had a whole series of laws, right? Anti-pollution, anti-littering, and uh, these were in the past from the time of independence. But this law uh, looks at reductions at the source. Mm. And uh, very interestingly, the 2019 Resource Sustainability Act is a systems-level approach. And they're targeting the three main waste streams, like electronic waste, food waste, packaging waste. And the extended producer responsibility approach means that if I'm a business that generates trash, that eventually the government has to dispose, or that might end up on a beach then it's my responsibility to think about the end-of-the-line situation. So I can't just keep... Uh, remember when the, the rental bikes came mm. to Singapore and there was a whole number of them and people were dumping it everywhere? So society is paying for uh, to clean up after businesses. So businesses have had a wonderful time letting society take care of the dirty end of the business. Now, in Extended Producer Responsibility Act, you have to think through the whole system. So laws are really good. It's actually why Singapore could be kept so clean. Uh, so this law is exciting because it's systems level. And it's also probably good for the companies anyway because with citizenry uh, taking a closer interest, and many civic groups are emerging. There are a lot of the Zero Waste Singapore and a plethora of other, other environmental groups. Businesses wouldn't be static. You know, a lot of them are already taking initiatives. But when there's a law, it's a clear deadline that you need to work towards. And just finally from me, uh, very briefly, people listening will sometimes think, but this is too big. Climate change is too big. Everything's too big. What can I do? So the final question, how can we all be agents of change? What can we do day-to-day -day practically to make our own small differences? Well, for coastal cleanups now, uh, Green Nuts and Seven Seas and Little Green Men and Trash Hero and ICCS are all saying, 
it's not rocket science when you visit the beach take some trash out because we can't visit the parks in groups larger than five anyway so we are variously we are starting this power of five so you and your household family and friends uh, just go out and if we nibble away we can make an impact also when we go and do such activities we start to think along a bigger plane so as i pick up pieces and it registers to me where these pieces are coming from, I'll start to move upstream and think of solutions. So during Turkey Breaker, for example, uh, the reason why I cut down, I'm very careful about who I order from because I want to cut down plastic packaging. That motivation to do so comes from seeing the rubbish in the wild. So it's easy to go down, take a look, uh, begin some action and all the sustainability actions that people suggest, whether it's individuals, activists, governments, it always starts on the individual level because you educate yourself and later you have capacity to act at a higher organizational level. Steve, thank you so much for being on with us uh, today. We, we look forward to the coastal cleanup uh, resuming again next year and hopefully that will be not too long before we can do it again. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Neil. Thank you. Have a great day. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.